and welcome to Halloween Complicated, a supernatural fan cast. I'm Claire, and I'm here with my friend Bo. Hey, I'm Bo, back again. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> and today we're talking about, we're doing another episode recap. It's going to be uh, seven through nine. Emphasis on nine. <laughs> the other two were kind of just, eh, they're there. They exist. <laughs> They sure were there, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there isn't really any news to speak of, thank God. Although some people are getting ready to start Amnesia Apocalypse 2. Please Yay. don't. For the love of God, please don't. Don't. Like, why? We, we learned the... What did... Why did we not learn the first time? It was bad for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody who was in Supernatural who, like, came back, you can tell who's coming back and who's new because they're all just like, fucking don't. We've been through enough this year. Yeah, it's just like, come on. It, like, it, it's a funny idea, but then in practice, it's terrible. So if they weren't involved, I feel like they don't know. It might be the newbies or the people who are just so burnt out and don't care about anything anymore. It's like, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, just just don't do it. We're not starting 2021 this way, for the love of God. All right, let's get into this recap. Season 1, Episode 7, Hookman, debuted October 25th, 2005, written by John Shiban, directed by David Jackson. <laughs> in Iowa, while necking in a car parked nearby a river, the Theta sorority pledge Lori Sorensen and her boyfriend hear a sharp noise on the body and top of the car. I shouldn't have copy-pasted this. When the boy leaves the car to see what is happening, he is attacked by an invisible being and killed. Dean and Sam decide to investigate the phenomenon in their hunting trip and arrive at Iowa State. When Lori's roommate is also attacked and murdered, the brothers realize that they have to face an evil and moralist hookman. Okay, all of that is taken from Claudio Carvalho, I think, from Rio de Janeiro. They torch a former reverend's body to prevent more killings, but it backfires when Lori's father is attacked by the hookman. Uh, the brothers realize the spirit is attached to Lori and not the reverend, so they melt silver from the church, but eventually realize it's Lori's necklace that kept it tied to her, and they burn it, and they are saved. Really, Hooray. all you need to take from this is man door, hand hook, car door. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, there were a lot of things about this episode. It was just... It was very 2000s, very funky. Um, the last, like, recap that we did, um, they dealt with the Bloody Mary myth, and I am still in front of my fucking mirror. And <laughs> now it's, like, the um, Hookman myth. I, I, I kind of like how they were kind of attacking, like, urban legends, because that's a little fun, but it, it's kind of, like, not really in tune with what they do for, like, the rest of the series, which is hilarious. Yeah, they do, like, three different urban legends. They do mm -hmm. the hook man. Then they do the, you should have turned on the lights. And then there was a third one. I feel like there was a third one, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I think there was a third one, too, but I I'm not remembering it either. What the fuck was it? Yeah. Hmm. We'll, we'll remember it later. I Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I kind of like this episode, though. Like, it was not too much happened in it, but, like, okay. 
this is really, I know how we always have to have our dedicated Sam session, but I have a lot of things to say about Sam and a lot of feelings about Sam for these three episodes. So yeah, I feel like he's like finally starting to like show his person. First of all, mm-hmm. I want to say we, <laughs> we got Sam's official Starbucks drink. It's half calf venti vanilla latte. That was like at the top of the episode. <laughs> I really appreciated that. Look, vanilla lattes are good. It just, I love how it's just such a basic drink, and I'm just like, aw, it's, it's cute. Yeah, and Dan's like, oh, you got a, you got a girly drink. It's like, nah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, n- what about that is girly? It's literally just a vanilla drink. That's it. Yeah, it's only because it's five different words. Like, calm down, Dean. Yeah, it was just the hyper-masculine, like, joke that they had to insert at the beginning like oh blah 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 i'm just gonna say a bunch of coffee words and make fun of you i'm like but like that's like a solid drink though that's like a normal drink that's a normal person drink (laughs) yeah sam really should have been like what are you fucking drinking dean huh fucking blueberry syrup coffee (laughs) i saw somebody on tumblr somebody i followed also made that joke i was like oh my god i nailed it Oh my god. It's just like, you and that one person, clown-to-clown communication is happening (laughs) right there. God. Oh yeah, you had a bunch of Sam feelings. Do you want to talk about them now, or as we go? Um, however you want to do it. Um, do we want to, like, do a play-by-play of the episode? Pretty much. I spent a good chunk of this talking about how fucking 2000s these outfits were. Just... (laughs) Like, literally, both the girls are wearing the exact same outfit. They're both wearing, like, a tank that's way too fucking small and bedazzled and a denim miniskirt. And you, ke- I keep seeing... I'm going to start keeping account of all the fucking denim miniskirts I keep seeing because it's getting annoying. <laughs> please, ridiculous. please do a denim miniskirt tally. <laughs> yeah, I've seen at least three, probably more. I might have to go back and check. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... I was taking a look at it and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is really what people wore in the 2000s, wasn't it? God, I don't understand. Just everybody just had brain worms, I swear. Oh my God. (laughs) We were all just watching MTV and being like, yeah, this is cool again, I guess. Anyway. Yeah, she starts off the episode, her roommate talks her into wearing um, a different outfit um, with like the bedazzled tank top. And then the dude is kind of like, they're making out in the car, and she's just like, ah, I think I want to slow down. And then the man door, hand hook car door, comes and gets him. He gets got by the hook man. I mean, yeah. Fucking that dude was being creepy, so I'm glad he got it. Yeah, he definitely deserved that one. And so then Sam and Dean roll into town like, oh, hook man, let's go check this out. I really liked how they showed up and like it was a sorority girl and a frat bro who were involved. So they're just like, we're your fraternity brothers. Like, why did <laughs> they keep those kinds of um, covers? Like, not everything can be FBI all the time, you know? Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine like season 11, they come and they're like, we're your, pr- <laughs> we're your frat brothers. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't work, but they're in their early, to- they're in their mid 20s right now like they they can pass as frat bros i wish they did more of that kind of stuff like trying to blend in with the community like what they did in the second episode they didn't pretend to be um well second i mean the eighth episode the one that we're going to talk about next they didn't pretend to be agents or anything you know yeah like i wish they did that more often instead of just being like fbi (laughs) yeah especially since like 
Dean is pretty good at, like, playing the part. Meanwhile, Sam is just like, hi, I'm a frat brother. What are the police saying about this dead body? It's very funny. Yeah, it's just like, Dean is pretty decent at getting information out of people without being too suspicious. Whereas Sam is just, like, crazy-eyed, like, how did she die? Like, (laughs) hey, maybe, like, back off a little bit, sir. (laughs) The funniest part was, like, Sam was, like, taking charge of this investigation. And the girl, Lori, she had, like, a huge crush on Sam, clearly. And (laughs) Sam just kind of kept, like, following her and, like, being there randomly. And this girl would, like, she got in a fight with her dad and she, like, left the house. She was like, oh, Sam, you're here. I saw you from the window. It's good to see you. <laughs> and at first I was just like, get out of it. That is the creepiest thing. But also she's like clearly Christian and Christian girls are just fucking like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely like Stephanie Meyer brain rot kind of thing, you know? Yeah. She doesn't. It's the 2000s. She doesn't think it's creepy. She's just focused on the fact the boy that she's crushing on is there. Yeah. Oh my God. I knew this one Christian girl. Oh boy. I was friends with her for like from middle school to high school and just she got kind of crazier every year and you could just slowly see her and also she really started hating me because i was immoral like okay girl i mean that's that's kind of what's what's going on with this girl throughout um she's like struck whenever she struggles with her like morality and the people around her they get got by the hook man like even if she didn't necessarily have any ill will towards them her roommate, for example, who is being like trying to encourage her to go have fun and go to parties, she was struggling with like her own morality and how she felt about doing stuff like partying. And that ended up coming back and getting the girl. And like, there's literally nothing wrong with going to parties. There's nothing wrong. But this girl had a moral um, problem trying to, like, reconcile that with what she was taught. And unfortunately, her roommate was caught in the fucking crossfire, which is like, yeah, that sucks. It is kind of interesting if you see it in another way, just like everybody who got hurt or killed by the Hookman was, like, trying to mess with her sense of agency and, like, make her do things she didn't want to do and just, like, take away her independence. And then at the end, she's like, I'm the bad guy. And it's like, oh, boy. That's true. Really, the only thing I would argue against that is, like, her dad was definitely doing that, but that wasn't the reason that he ended up getting got, you know? It wasn't until she started to question his morals that he got got. Because he was, throughout the whole episode, he was trying to, like, control her and be like come back home because he didn't like the fact that she was in a sorority house he also was worried about her safety as any reasonable parent would be after she's involved in two murders but a lot of some of it was also being kind of unreasonable parent but it wasn't until she found out that he was having an affair with a married woman that he ended up getting attacked by um the hook man because she's like okay, you're preaching to me about my morals and then you're going around sleeping with a married woman. You're a reverend. That is true. But all all three of them were trying to influence her in some way. Though I think of the three of them, the roommate was the least of which. If anything, she was just encouraging her to party. Like, okay, there's maybe a little bit of pressuring about the outfit. Yeah, there's, but like, it's, you know, it's an outfit and it's only like for a night. Yeah. 
But I understand not being comfortable with showing that much of your body. And then if you're around people who are more accustomed to doing that, how pressured you'd feel. So, I mean, I understand why she felt that way, but it's also like, damn, she did not deserve to get attacked that way. Yeah, geez. It was a first person of color death, as I can, far as I could tell in this series. Like, oh boy, here we go. It begins. <laughs> This was the episode where salt shotguns were introduced. I found mm-hmm. it really weird that Dean was like, yeah, me and John made up the idea for salt bullets. Like, wait, huh? I feel like that should be a thing already. How long have shotguns been around? A good while. I feel like... Yeah, shotguns have been around for a good long while. Just filling the shells with rock salt. Yeah. That should have just been world building. Like, yeah, you know, we always use salt stuff and not just like fucking 2005. Oh, we finally figured this out. Like, I just thought that was a really stupid (laughs) way to like. Well, it's also kind of implied that, I mean, like this is later in the series, but John was never super involved with other hunters. He didn't trust them or like them. So maybe other hunters have been doing this and he's just been going solo and he's suddenly like, oh, this is a cool idea I could do. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we should pay attention to, like, when the brothers interact with under hunter- other hunters, if they're like, oh, we figured, <laughs> we invented this cool new thing, and then see if hunters are like, yeah, we already fucking do that? <laughs> or if it's just never addressed. I'm sure everybody is just, like, the brothers just invented it, and then every hunter in the universe just automatically has it. That's what I'm pretty sure ends up happening. So... First, the boyfriend or boy toy is attacked. Then the roommate's attacked and she dies. The boyfriend also died. The um, father, though, when he is attacked, I think he just is in like the ICU. I don't think he dies, right? Uh, Yeah, no, he doesn't die. Okay. That's when they finally start to like try to figure out, okay, it's not the reverend. So something like this spirit is tying himself to someone else. And they start realizing that it's tied to her i don't know why it was specifically silver things but they were trying yeah, to find anything really silver that was connected with the church so that they could destroy whatever the spirit had latched onto. yeah it, uh, i don't fucking know don't worry about it because nah, it doesn't work anyway it. yeah they end up eventually finding out that it's her necklace that she's been wearing and it's made of silver so they they burn that and it's destroyed and like that's that's pretty much it it comes and it starts attacking her because she realizes um, she kind of notices the pattern and she blames herself because she thinks it's an avenging angel that's like latching onto her um, judgment of other people's choices. And they're like, oh, honey, this is not a fucking angel. <laughs> yeah, this is like the first episode with like religious tones. And like they go in the church and uh, Sam just immediately kind of starts praying and he like bumps Dean to like also start praying. Dean's like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I guess I'll do this to blend in. And like when, when they're first talking, um, I, I like how, it, like you mentioned, Sam was taking the lead and so he started talking to Lori, the girl, and um, her father was the reverend. So like they talked to the two of them together and then like Sam was kind of like nudging Dean to be like, I need to talk to her more privately because I need to get some information out of her. Her father might not be comfortable with her talking about. So Dean's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're new in town. We're looking for a church to join. And then like they walk off street, off, off, um, yeah. <laughs> off the screen. And I'm just like, oh, man, I kind of wish I heard the rest of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been 
fucking hilarious. But it's so funny because Dean's actually pretty good at playing those parts. And then Sam is just like, well, yeah, what, what, what happened? I saw someone get hurt once. It was hard. Like, bro. Bro, you're like the world's worst actor. I love you. I know he literally like Lori is literally like upset about somebody she cares about dying. And he's like, he literally says, what are the police saying? I'm just so glad she was too digmatized to be like, to be like, (laughs) why are you asking me weird questions? She just saw this cute little floppy haired dude. And she was like, okay. I'll, I'll give him a pass for being a little weird. <laughs> she gave him way too many passes. I know. But again, right? she's a Christian girl. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've kind of talked before about how, like, people always say, like, Dean is, like, the heart and whatever. In the confession scene, Cass talks about how full of love he is, and sure, fine. Dean, though, his heart and his love and all of that is always just like, this is my family, I'm going to put all of my love and concentrate all of my devotion to these people once you are part of that circle you can do no wrong or if you do wrong he will forgive you anything and he's completely devoted sam on the other end he also he also has a huge heart but he's willing to open it and give open compassion to pretty much a stranger in a way that Dean really isn't and is very apparent in the first couple of seasons. Because Dean, sure, he cares about saving innocent people, yeah. But you can really see how deeply Sam connects with a lot of the people who um, they end up interacting with, especially people like Lori, She's blaming herself for all these bad things. She's like, bad things happen to people who are around me. You should stay away from me. And Sam, of course, connects with that. He has a lot of compassion for these people. And this is in the the next episode, so I guess I'll have to back off a little bit. But like, (laughs) he'll just see someone who's struggling, someone who's othered. And instead of immediately kind of being willing to like be suspicious of them, he's kind of more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and like have like an open heart about these things. Whereas Dean is all like cold cut. This is a monster. Gotta kill it kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I love so much about Sam because whereas Dean, he has a big heart and it's all about devotion. Sam is all about compassion. And yeah, I'm, it's so funny because that's the kind of, that is the kind of character I should be latched onto and obsessed with. I don't understand why I'm not more obsessed with Sam because (laughs) episodes like these will happen and I'll be like going feral about how much I love Sam and how, how sweet he is and how kind he is and how willing he is to help people, even if they're hurting others because he knows they don't want to or no, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas Dean is kind of hardened to that and... It's just like, this is the kind of character I often do find myself just being obsessed with. I don't understand how I'm not in in Supernatural. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's because, like, Dean, you know, he latches on to the people he knows. And, and in turn, we get to know those people and we tend to see them over and over. They can't, like, tend to come back. But Sam mm-hmm. kind of latches on to, like these kind of one note characters that are built for him to latch on to and we never see them again. I think yeah. that's like why we can't really appreciate it because it just 
he like we have to watch him do that kind of over and over with like all these different people and we you yeah. kind of like expect it and like I think that's also kind of a failing with Supernat with the way that they've done Supernatural. They either kill off or they just never see the people that Sam connects with again. And that's yeah. something that I think re- they really did a disservice to Sam's character in that way because I know that this is the first season. They were coming right out the gate trying to introduce you to the characters and what they're about and having these other characters that um, Sam and Dean could connect with helped you do that like with the um the shapeshifter episode and the shapeshifter basically him psychoanalyzing dean like that helps you connect with dean and realize why this character connected with him and all that but i just i love sam so much and his big old heart he just wants to help people (laughs) he just like and he really really you can tell he really cares about them I just wish they they allowed us to fully like appreciate how big his heart is because they kind of just lay it out there like it's nothing special. Whereas like, no, someone who he's incredibly compassionate, especially when you put him beside his brother. I'm not saying Dean's not. (laughs) I mean, it kind of isn't. Selectively (laughs) compassionate. Very selective. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so I I find myself getting mad at Dean over over the years because yeah. I'm just like because there are so many times where I'm just like, holy shit, Dean, can you like get out of your own head, like pull your head out of your ass and listen to your brother? Oh yeah, very true. Like this is in the ninth <laughs> episode. Like Sam's like, why can't you just trust me? And Dean's like, trust you. And I was like, yeah, that's the entire that's the whole series. Yeah. One of them saying trust me, another one being like, what? Why would I do that? <laughs> god they're exhausting the next episode like i think we're both definitely gonna have some sam feelings it's a very mm-hmm. good sam episode but um i really like your comments on my notes uh can't believe the ghost left a lost jpeg and blood on gr- the girl's wall <laughs> it was like a cross and then there was like some little like dots and lines in each of the four squares and all i could think was lost jpeg like it's literally all i could think (laughs) yeah (laughs) another very 2000s thing is that laurie's hair was like flat ironed and Mm. when she like started like unraveling her hair like got more volume (laughs) yes you could really tell she's going through it (laughs) yeah (laughs) god now i'm gonna get to trivia Okay, this one I actually realized myself is that they, Sam, at one point, they are in the room and trying to, like, figure out what the fuck's going on. He's like, I don't smell any ozone, so it's probably not a ghost or something like So apparently ghosts smell like ozone in Supernatural. Hmm. Which is interesting. That's always a thing that's kind of fans, fanfic associates with Cass. Like, he smells a little bit like ozone. That would make sense. Because cool. he's supposed to be, like, spiritual and, like, breaking the veil or something like that. Yeah. It's just like a little cool little like science and religion (laughs) mixing together. Oh, I'm such a sucker for that. Um, (laughs) Here's an actual trivia. This is the first episode in which rock salt was considered a threat to supernatural demons and spirits. It was invented, in air quotes, for supernatural by writers Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes Burton. Air Kripke agreed it was the perfect combination of an occult element. Salt is a folkloric repellent of evil and the blue-collar aspect of shotguns, 
But in an episode of Doctor Who in 1977, a rock salt shotgun was used to fight some aliens. Uh, the rock salt was used to kill the psychokinetic Fendahalan. Hmm. Also, this is one of Eric Kripke's least favorite episodes. Also, I think this might have been the first episode with a salt and burn, like digging up the grave, salt and burning the body. May have I been. think. Possibly. I don't remember. Because I think they did that in the um, like white woman episode. Or at least they might have talked about it. I don't know. I have the memory oh, of a goddamn goldfish. Also, okay, so you know how um, it's mentioned that John and Dean supposedly invented the rock salt shotgun? Mm. I love how it was from an episode in 1977 because all of the boys' pop culture references are the <gasps> 70s and 80s. This is probably something Dean watched. <laughs> Oh, I love and that. He's like, yeah, I invented this. No, you stole it from Doctor Who, bitch. That's my headcanon now. <laughs> I fucking love And also the fucking super, super Who lock circle oh is complete. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I like how this is one of Eric Kripke's least favorite episodes. And then like, apparently bugs the next episode is too. Yeah. Like, I mean, sir, why do you hate these? Yeah, these are like your first few episodes. Like, yeah. bro, write what you love. I know. Like, why did you allow these to happen if you fucking hate them so much? Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> I can't imagine just like creating something and then like in the first five minutes being like oh this fucking sucks anyway just put it on tv i'm tired of it i mean it might what? more so be he created it and at the time he was like yeah this is good and then later looking back it was like oh god oh no why'd i do that i mean because that's how i feel whenever i look back at anything i've created Wait, this episode this and the next episode they weren't written and directed by him no is they he weren't just, is he just being a fucking asshole <laughs> To his co-workers? I don't know. That's shitty. I don't know when he took over as showrunner, but I, I'd imagine that he, he'd have some say if he was involved in it at the beginning. He might just be yeah. being shitty, though. Who knows? I don't know the guy. That's <laughs> strange. Very weird. <laughs> okay, uh, on to the next episode. Uh, season one, episode eight, Bugs. Bugs. <laughs> Bugs. Bugs. Aired November 8th, 2005, written by Rachel Nave and Billy Coakley. Directed by Kim Manners. Um, in Oklahoma, a gas company employee is killed by insects in a housing development. Dean and Sam decide to drive to the compound to investigate the event. They go to open barbecue in the house of the owner of the lands, Larry, and meet a real, real estate agent. It's <laughs> it just says real estate agent, like three separate words. They just, they meet a realtor. Um and they're pretending to buy a house. Sam becomes close to Larry's son, Matt, who I kind of stand, who collects bugs. When the agent dies with... Oh, God, this part sucked. When the agent dies with spider bites in her bathroom, Dean and Sam disclose that the area is a land cursed by Native Americans when they were annihilated by the American soldiers. We will get to that. The two brothers try to convince Larry to leave the place to save the life of his wife and Matt. They don't leave in time, though, and have to survive a massive storm of bees invading the home. Okay, this episode has bugs and it is so fucking gross. I have arachnophobia and <laughs> I mean the episode was okay. Uh I don't mind bugs too much, but like some of it was like, oh god, just a little a little much for me. Yeah. But yeah, if you do not like bugs, don't watch this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. Just watch like the barbecue scene and like that's it. <laughs> Honestly, like this was another episode where they did covers that weren't um that weren't like federal agents or like local 
um, law enforcement. And I really liked it because they're like, yeah, we're, we're looking for a, um, we're looking for a house for our father. He's about to retire. And then people kept assuming they were together and Dean was just like, whatever, what the fuck ever. I'm going over here, honey. And it's just yeah. like, like you said in the notes, you can hear the Winchesters descending. Yeah, you could just, oh boy. Oh, dun, here they dun. come. <laughs> Even though apparently like the first Wincest, well, fanfic in general for Supernatural was like within like two minutes of the first episode airing. <sighs> yeah. But I, I kind of liked how they just were, like, they didn't fall back on, like, yeah, we're cops. Like, it, that's a natural thing to do, to go to an open house. Like, yes, we're looking for a place for our dad. Why didn't you guys do that more in the later seasons? Oh, my God. Yeah. This is a really good Sam episode. I actually, like, wrote at the beginning. So they're at a biker bar. They're, Dean is hustling pool, as mm-hmm. you'd kind of expect him to do. Sam is just, like focusing on the job he is like looking for leads and he finds it he's like dude we're gonna go do it dean's like "Uh, okay so they they before i think before they go to the barbecue maybe after but they go to the hole where a guy died in a man died in this hole and dean's like sam you go in and sam's like i'm not fucking going in there and dean's like all right i'll flip a coin he like calls sam a chicken and (laughs) dean flips a coin and sam just catches he's like i'll go in and it's just like it's okay to be scared. A man died in this hole yeah. in the ground. The most sibling thing ever. Just like antagonizing. Like, I'm pretty sure Dean was kind of out of nowhere. Just like, well, if you don't want to go down there, I'll do it for you if you're scared. It's like, don't be a little <laughs> bitch about this. And then Sam ends up going down. Like, a man did die in that hole. It is reasonable for either of you to be a little scared. they don't really show it they just cut to the card (laughs) sam is just holding a little beetle uh oh yeah and then they go to the barbecue which is a very fun scene yeah and like very memorable they're just like driving down the road and dean is just talking about how terrible like this place sounds and i'm just like dean it's okay to want a normal life what the fuck yeah, yeah, it's literally like the famous thing. It's like, growing up in a place like this would freak me out. The manicured lawns, the, how was your day, honey? I blow my brains out. And Sam's like, there's nothing wrong with being normal. And Dean's like, I take our family over normal any day. And like, in like the notes it, on like, at least one of the Wikipedias, they're like, Dean says this, but also he does live a normal life at the end of the season spies. So he's a fucking liar. Like, even though Wikipedia's like, mm-hmm. Dean, you're a fucking liar. We all know you just want to be safe and comfortable. I mean, Dean has also been repressing a lot of shit. Like, repressing the desire to have a normal life is probably how he's been functioning these past, you know, 10 years. Because Sam, on one hand, I mean, they talk about um, later, like, when they're at the barbecue and um, Larry starts yelling at his son, Matt, and Sam's all like, oh, does that remind you of anyone? Uh, Dean's like, what do you mean? Our dad wasn't like that. He's like, yeah, maybe to you. You were the um, perfect son. Like, he never yelled at you. Um, but he yelled at me. And he's like, well, you you were out of line. Of course he needed to yell at you. Sam is like, I told him I wanted to play soccer instead of learning bow hunting. And Dean's like, well, bow hunting's important. Sam's just like, fuck, no. Oh, my God. The brainwashing. Poor Dean. Exactly. Because Sam actually asked to do normal things he wanted he actively voiced wanting a normal life and he was punished for it dean was never punished for those kind of things because he had just learned at that point not to ask 
again, the repression of wanting a normal life and a loving family and being safe. Sorry. <sighs> and the fans have definitely picked up on that. Like, Dean Girls, we all fucking know, just like, this boy just wants to fucking be so comfortable. We all just want to, like, surround him with, like, pillows and blankets and give him a kiss on the forehead and tell him he's safe. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's, again, not to go back to this, but another reason why it's so upsetting how it ended, because he never really got to have the full experience of having a normal, safe life. Like, really, it would have been satisfying if he was able to allow himself to have that. Yeah. Like, the closest he got was when he was with Lisa. But even that entire time, he was carrying around all that guilt. Probably should have gotten some therapy while he was with Lisa. Yeah. And it's just it's just so upsetting. This is something he clearly has been denying himself for so long. And he had resigned himself to dying young in a blaze of glory. And it's like, that's not a satisfying end for him, even though that's what he stated he always thought. It, that's the reason it's why, why it's not a satisfying end. Anyways, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. This, is, this is why we have a podcast. To fucking scream about Dean. Another reason why this is a John Winter, Winchester hate cast, because A, yes. what he did to Sam, B, what he did to Dean. I'm still so fucking mad that- yeah. Let your son do soccer. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, oh, yeah. he would always come by um, when you were at Stanford to make sure that you were okay. Okay. Bare minimum. He, he like, drives by, doesn't get out to come yeah. knock on his door and talk to him. Doesn't call him. What? Sean fucking kicked Sam out when Sam yeah. got a full ride to Stanford. And then he's just like... Well, I'm a good father because I bothered to check in on you. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Also, I kind of, this is getting into headcanon territory, but fucking doubt. I am personally 100% sure that Dean is talking about himself and that he's the one who visited Sam at Stanford just to check in on him. No, honestly. John Winchester has one fucking thought on his mind at all time, and it's the yellow-eyed demon. Yeah. I fucking doubt he would check in. Honestly, I kind of feel the same way. Like, especially when you learn later, I think it was like season two or whatever, the, um, the like Christmas episode where he stole presents and lied and said it was John. Like, yeah. Dean has always been fucking lying to Sam and pretending their dad was better than he was. Like, that's all he's ever done. That's all he keeps lying to himself and to Sam about how shitty their dad actually was. Yeah. And in the next episode, Sam finds out that Dean is the one who carried him out of the out of the fire, not his dad. And he he's only just realizing that at like twenty one. Yeah. Like, like what the hell? Fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. God. Yeah. Dean has been taken and like I'm so upset. I'm both mad at Dean and at John in this episode cuz like I I feel bad blaming Dean, but it's like you why do you keep defending him? It's not his fault, but it's also like oof. Also, I'm angry on Sam's behalf for getting mm. the brunt of John's anger. I know. I mean, it, it does add to his character. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, said, This is a very good Sam episode at the end of the day. Definitely. But, yeah, so Sam really latches onto this kid, Matt, the little bug collector kid. Sam is like, don't worry, you're going to turn 18 in two years. You, can never, you don't have to see your dad, like, ever again. You don't have to worry about that. And Dean's like, you should stick with your family, though. You're, you got to fix this relationship with your dad. It's fine. He doesn't even say you have to fix your... He's just like, no, you have to stick with your family no matter what. And... Yeah, they both are just, like, going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And Matt's like, I don't get what's happening here. 
Yeah, it, well, I mean, honestly, later he straight up says to Sam, like, hey, why would you tell him that he just has to leave? He's a kid. He should be with his family. And Sam's just like, what the fuck is your problem? Why do you think I left? Like, you know? Yeah. It's just like, uh, Dean and Sam, you really see how different they are in this in, in this episode. How yeah. Sam is just so committed to the idea of family whereas sam is like well i actually want to belong though like it's not family if you don't feel the love and the belonging and you know yeah and like fucking dean has to make all the excuses for john like dean has to explain like oh dad was just he wasn't disappointed in you he was just like scared for you and he was worried about you like he wouldn't have fucking kicked you out of the motel you're staying at if he was scared for you and your well-being. Like, oh my god, I hate John Winchester so fucking much. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I get people say and do things out of anger that they don't mean, but it's also like, if you're worried about your child's safety, like, for example, okay, the bad ap- the bad dad from the last episode, he was trying to control mm. his daughter by bringing her back home because he didn't feel that she was safe. Mm-hmm. He was still being controlling and not like a super great father, but like- you don't oust her if you feel like she's not safe. Yeah, there was a quote in it I wrote down. Um, and the camera, like, cut to Sam when she said that. She said, he raised me to believe that if you do something wrong, you'll be punished. And Sam was like, I can relate. Sam was like, like gulp. <laughs> like, I know that feeling. And it's just John Winchester. It, you could just tell that he had some sort of disdain for his son. That it's like, yeah. it's my way or the highway. And yeah. Sam did not choose John Winchester's way. It sucks at the end of the episode that like, like skipping forward a bit, like Matt is kind of reconciling with his dad after surviving this huge mm-hmm. gross bug attack. And Sam's like, you know what? I want to find dad. And dude's like, me too. And Sam's like, I want to apologize to it. Like, what the fuck? do you have to apologize for excuse me apparently he said some nasty things in that last fight and i'm just like he has a lot more to fucking apologize for but like there okay there is that extremely good um photo set i'm gonna link it in the uh, show notes of you know when bot uh it's much much later <gasps> yes, it's like, when Bobby yes. is talking to um like the ghost of his father or something like that yeah and his dad's like Ah, oh, you were a shitty son. And Bobby's like, kids aren't supposed to be fucking grateful. They're supposed to eat your food and wear mm-hmm. you down. And I'm going to share it. It's uh, it, And yeah. it does it from the perspective of John and Dean saying it to his dad that I'm your fucking kid and you should have cared about me. Like, ah, God, it hits so hard. It's so good. Yeah, like that. that's exactly it. It's just like kids aren't supposed to be grateful. Honestly, you don't deserve your child's gratefulness because it is your job and your obligation to take care of them. They don't have to thank you for it. They shouldn't have to. It should be the bare minimum that you do, you know? And he never did that for Sam or Dean. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a huge thing in the um, Supernatural fandom right now, especially (laughs) people have been joking because we all have college degrees now. We know what we're talking about. And people have been saying, like, we never really resolved the Winchester's issues with John Winchester because, like, oh, John died and it, John died for Dean and it redeemed him. Like, no, it fucking didn't. 
And then they have to, like, deal with God, and they, like, like Cass! Cass has to deal with an absent dad, and mm-hmm. eventually Cass just rejects him entirely. He's like, you're not my dad, you did treat me right, and I deserve better. Which is why I hang out with the Winchesters, who kind of treat me like shit sometimes. Oh my god. But, like, the brothers are like, yeah, John, he did his best, let's never talk about it again. Like, oh yeah, my I- god. It's so upsetting that they don't really get closure there. It really fucking sucks. Fucking, he's just in heaven with them. He did not deserve to be in heaven. So, a couple more things. Um, This is one of the few episodes where the antagonist isn't humanoid, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate supernatural episodes (laughs) where, like, the thing is just a human. Oh, we're gonna fight a fucking dragon? It's a human, though, <laughs> with a tail sometimes if it wants. Like, fuck off. I'm exhausted. Um, Sam and the, uh, the kid met. Oh, my God. They had, like, a really good, fun relationship. Yeah. Like, so, like, they survived the bees. <laughs> bees? Attacking bees? the house. The bees attacking the house, and it takes, like, five minutes for <laughs> an entire night to go by. It's really weird. Um, so the next morning, Matt is, like, throwing out his dead insects, and Sam's comes. He's like, what's this? You're sick of bugs? I can't believe it. It's really funny and good. Aww. Um, before I go to trivia, gotta talk about the elephant in the room. The, so this whole episode, the bugs are the cause of a... Ugh, they're the, it's because they disturbed a Native American burial ground. You know, that fucking classic. Mm-hmm. It's specifically, they use the uh, Uchi tribe. Uchi, I believe. And I had a little bit of research on the tribe themselves. They're currently trying to gain federal recognition. Um, most of their members are part of different tribes. Um, they are doing this program where they're, like, keeping the language alive through, mm-hmm. um, in, like, the county. Like, they have a school program to teach the language to other people, and you can <gasps> donate to that. I donated to that. That's incredible. Yeah, the man they talked to in the story, his name was Joe Whitetree. He's played by Jimmy Herman, who is a real-life Native American. He would might recognize him from Dancing with Wolves. He's, he's played a lot of Native American characters throughout history. Um, throughout history, throughout movie history, whatever. The tale he tells, as far as I could tell, it's, it's more fiction or it's just like a very dramatized version of reality, but the Uchi were definitely forcibly relocated multiple times to Oklahoma and were part of wars Mm -hmm. against the colonists. I'm going to recommend this episode that I've listened to from the Dead Meat podcast YouTube channel. Um, The episode is called Indian Burley Grounds with Joey Clift, who is a Native American himself, and he talks about why it's such a shitty fucking trope and we need to stop using it. It's gross. Like, it's not good. Yeah, like, I'm gonna make sure I check out all those links. I'm not gonna lie, I did no research for any of these episodes. (laughs) It's okay. But yeah, no, definitely please read these links. I know I'm going to do that myself and donate if you can. That's definitely a worthy cause of, like, keeping their, um, their language alive. Yeah, I always think that's really cool. Links in the description. Go donate. Well, I'm going to tag it as Uchi Tribe. That one has a ton of information about them um, that you can go through if you want to learn more. Now we're going to 
go to trivia. So Eric Kripke often cites this episode as one of his least favorites <laughs> in the series. He just hates all of these episodes, I guess. He really does. Uh, when Chuck meets Sam and Dean, he asks them if they had to live through the bugs, and he laments, he laments that he forced them to live bad writing. I just... I'm really mad at him for all the shit he said as a prophet, because it's just like, you did that on purpose. You knew they would have to live through that. Anyways, continue. I know. <laughs> like, now we know, oh, you're just a dick. The kid who played Matt actually plays Angel, the angel Simandriel in season eight. I remember that kid. He's the, um, he looks like he works at, like, a fast food place. <laughs> he goes through it, as most angels do in this show. God. There's a famous bee story that they tell at cons. <laughs> this is what it, co- uh, copy based on what they said. Jensen, this was a scene where we had to get into this tiny little room with 65,000 bees <laughs> and the whole camera crew and the set crew got into these full full body bee outfits on and it is like, all right, Jared, Jensen, hop on in. And Jared <laughs> said that they said, oh, and don't swap them because that makes them angry. And Jensen says... And I'll give it to Kim Manners. He said, you know what? If you guys do not have bee suits on, I won't either. And he went in there with shorts and a t-shirt and a monitor and sat down in a box and directed us from inside the room with bees crawling all over our faces. It's that kind of relationship with Kim. And then it turned out that they didn't even fucking need those bees because they didn't show up on film. That's very funny. They had to CGI the bees in. (laughs) It's really funny because Sam and Dean, they're in a library. It's like, I don't know, 4 p.m. ish they're like oh shit we need to go tell uh the family to get the hell out of the house so they go over it's probably like 6 p.m when they get there it's kind of dark and they're like uh matt larry you gotta get out of here and they fight with <laughs> larry like you gotta you gotta go and then the bees the wave of bees comes over the trees they're like oh shit it's too late so they get in the house start kind of blocking any entrances and then they eventually go up to the attic Sometimes the bees, like, burrow through the walls. And, yeah, the bees burrow through the walls. And they are just like, shit, we can't keep them out. So we're just going to huddle around each other. They do that for, like, a minute. And then it's daylight. Like, the night was, like, maximum seven minutes or something. Like, they should have been dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is... That's... Oh, my God. These bees... Last little bit of trivia for this episode. All the actors who worked around the bees were given costumes with cuffs sewn on the inside of their pants and sleeves to help prevent the insects from crawling inside their clothing. It helped, but everybody still got stung. (laughs) There are a few other things I did want to um, say about the episode. Um, Just like little bits here and there. So like I wanted to just throw it in with the trivia, but everyone always makes such a big deal about how Dean doesn't let anyone drive baby. But like Mm. Sam is driving the impala yeah and like it's not a big deal at all like i just i just think it's very funny it's just like they're like they're just like going down the um going down the street and he's just like oh pull over and that's when they you know break into the house to uh sleep in one of the empty houses for the night and it's just like it's not a big deal that sam is driving driving the car (laughs) and i just think it's so funny that everyone makes such a big deal out of it like yeah he trusts sam with the car like why wouldn't he i know right oh my god (laughs) okay and then on to home okay episode season one episode nine home Aired November 15, 2005, written by Eric Kripke. <laughs> this is why he likes this episode, because he wrote it. Uh, directed by Ken Girodi. Girodi? I don't know. Sam has a nightmare with the dwellers of his former house in Lawrence. 
and convinces Dean to drive to Kansas. They meet Jenny, who has just moved from Wichita, and tells them about the weird noises in in the house, and her daughter, who tells them about a flaming creature in the closet of her room. Dean and Sam bring the old medium friend of their father, Missouri Mosley, and together with the spear of Mary Winchester, spoiler, they battle against an evil poltergeist. This is a good episode. Yeah, I I like this episode, and I I was so upset because... I realized that Missouri is only in two episodes, this one and the one she dies in. Yeah. I'm going to take away from the trivia really quick, but apparently Loretta Devine, I believe that's how it's pronounced, she was supposed to essentially be Bobby, but she took a role in Grey's Anatomy, and so they had had Jim Beaver come in instead. Oh. Yeah, she would have been Bobby. Oh my gosh, that would have been really cool. I would have loved for them to flesh her out more because, like, she didn't really have, like, she was kind of just a stereotype in this episode. Yeah. I really would have loved if they gave her the opportunity to, like, expand more. Oh my goodness, that that makes sense that she took another job and that's because it would have been great if she was a regular character. I know. I really like her. Like, she's pretty memorable for what like you know the only episode she's in i know they put more like thought and personality into her than they did most of the other one-off characters which is why i was like why did why did they give her so much personality when they didn't do that for anyone else and i was like that's why because she was meant to be recurring yeah okay but if if they had gone to missouri instead of pamela i'm just saying she wouldn't have lost her eyes yeah (laughs) (laughs) like not to blame pamela but missouri would have known better yeah that's very true (laughs) so let's see the episode starts sam has a nightmare about a woman in a house like pounding at the window and he wakes up and he he draws a tree and he's like wait a minute i recognize this tree and then he looks at a picture of his fucking house and he's like that's the tree from our house i'm like wait a minute (laughs) what Wait, you recognize a tree, but you don't recognize, like, the color of the siding or the style of the... It was... Have you ever recognized a tree? To be fair, it's a pretty fucked up and recognizable tree. I guess. (laughs) It's a very distinct (laughs) tree. I remember when they rolled up, I was like, oh, wow, that's a fucked up tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the tree from Poltergeist, basically. Actually, this whole episode is very, very Poltergeist. I think that's like, oh, actually, I cracked it. That's why there. That's why you recognize as a tree because the there's a tree. You haven't seen Poltergeist, I assume. I have not. There's a tree that the kids are like really scared of, and eventually the tree like comes to life and kind of starts eating one of them. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, listen, a lot of crazy shit happens. You might actually like it. It's scary, but it's a little bit humorous too, and it's a Steven Spielberg movie so like my mom likes the movie and she doesn't like horror we should watch it sometime it's pretty good i can tell you yeah it's not it's not too bad i actually thought it was really Mm -hmm. funny the first time i watched it i didn't okay it didn't really scare me much i thought it was just very funny i will consider it and yeah and also they at one point dean mentions uh what was the name it was like zelda zelda rubenstein which is the (laughs) missouri of poltergeist she's this woman who comes in she has psychic power and and she has like this very recognizable voice she's like there's an evil entity in this house (laughs) what (laughs) this house is clean now stuff like that it okay we should watch poltergeist it's good if i mean if you if you're gonna watch any horror movie it should be poltergeist i will make emma hold my hand yes (laughs) 
<laughs> I, yeah, you can handle it. It's not too bad. And also it kind of ties into the last one because it has the burial ground problem, but it's oh. actually like a white person's burial ground. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> There's a moment at the end where he goes up to the realtor. He's like, you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Why didn't you move the body? Oh my God. I want to watch Poltergeist so bad now. I love Poltergeist a lot, actually. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God. Back to fucking Supernatural. The Poltergeist episode is Supernatural. So uh, Sam is like, we got to go back to our house, Dean. And oh, it's really sad. Dean is like, I, I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. He like swore to himself. He's not going back to the house. And it is, it's heartbreaking. My poor boy. I think it's also a little bit more heartbreaking because he was four when this happened. When he yeah. was four, he would have been too little to make that kind of promise to himself. So what the fuck happened later that he had to swear to himself he wasn't going back to the house? I mean, he was in John Winchester's journal, which I'm probably going to read and review someday for this podcast. John does mention that Dean was mute for like a whole year after the incident. He was mute, yeah. Oh, God, it's so fucking sad. Have you watched, ever watched Courage the Cowardly Dog? I have. Probably not. Oh, okay. Do you know how sometimes <laughs> Courage, when he's like really going through it, he'll like turn to the camera and he's like, oh, the things I do for love. That's truly just Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that happening. That sounds very funny. It's like one of the only things Courage ever says. Um, really not too much unusual happened in this episode. It was just your typical, like, haunting. The little girl is in the room that used to be Sam's nursery. So she's starting to see, uh, like, a flaming body standing in her closet, which later, yeah. um, spoiler, ends up being the spirit of Mary, who was actually trying yeah. to protect the house and her boys from the other, the other poltergeist that was there. The effect of the flaming body actually looks pretty fucking cool. It's like an invisible person and you can see like their silhouette among like all these flames. It looked cool as hell. Oh my God. Yeah. And I really love that that's Mary. Like female ghosts usually just expect them to just be like in their nightgown, like lofting in the wind and like their hair blowing. It's like, no, she's just on fire and it's fun. And she's yeah. owning it. She's owning the thing that killed her. That's so fucking, I was actually going to ask you, like we kind of see a little bit of like the real Mary. And this is the first time they've seen Mary since the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So they, they only have like John's idolized version of Mary in their head. Mm -hmm. And now they're actually meeting her and she, like, goes up to Sam. She's like, I'm sorry for what's going to happen to you. And then she turns around and she's like, hey, you thing in my house, get the fuck out of here. You can't hurt my boys. And she just, like, destroys it <laughs> mentally. And she just bursts into flames. It's fucking cool as hell. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, <laughs> I mean, you've seen Mary mm -hmm. in season 11. Like, mm -hmm. how does this change things for, like, is this episode different for you now than maybe when you first saw it? Honestly, I don't think it is. Um, like, knowing what Mary is like, I think, of course, I don't, it, it, this was no way intentional. They did not expect it, this show to go on for 11 seasons. And so it's actually, her character's, what little you see in this episode is pretty consistent with her character in season 11. And yeah. from what I've seen of season 12, too, because Mary Winchester is a woman of action. She is not a soft, tender, like, let me stroke your face and sing you a lullaby, mom. She is a, let me get the fucking 
axe and start hacking away at at this person yeah. mom this is the i'm about to fuck you up mother you know and yeah that's kind of what she's doing here and i think like when i see this and then also when you take into account the things that happened in season four when they send dean back into the past and you learn that she's a hunter and how she acts then it's actually mm. all pretty consistent like especially like apologizing to sam she made a deal with a demon in order to um bring john back to life right yeah and yeah. that deal with the demon is what allowed azazel to come into the house and bleed into sam's mouth and what caused her to die i fully believe that's why she was apologizing to sam yeah i yeah absolutely i think they already sort of had that planned out at least yeah they probably did like because I, I don't know if, i don't necessarily know how much of that was addressed up to season um three because i'm, I'm pretty sure they planned it to end in season three i don't know how, if they ever planned to address it but I'm, I'm sure that was part of the story already and they already had that in mind but like knowing that you got to meet her in season four and you got to see that she was a badass hunter like i also think that's mm. the reason why she was able to kind of maintain her like presence and not become a malevolent spirit but attack oh, yeah. the other spirit because she was she was a hunter mm. yeah oh my god yeah i fully believe that the reason she was there is she was never expecting her sons or her husband to come back but she knew that there was a poltergeist there and her spirit was probably somehow still attached to the house and she's like oh no no babies are dying in this house. Not on my watch. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's like a nice mix of like the matron, the mother, but also fucking she will fuck shit up. Yeah, because like she she is motherly, but not in the tender way, in the mama bear way. You try to come for these kids, I will destroy you. And that's what I really like about Mary. Like, of course, I've only seen... I'm still only halfway through season 12 because instead of continuing on through the rest of the series, I decided to mm. go back and start watching it from season one with you. So I decided <laughs> not to confuse myself and also continue season 12 because eventually we'll get there, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> but from what I know of five her... Five years. I mean, yeah, probably. But like, from what I know of her, like this is this is all in line with her character. She is... She's very much like Dean. She's not going to be able to like be soft and emotional ironically i think sam gets that from his dad <laughs> and like before his dad got all fucked up after mary died he was probably the more soft and like emotional one and that's probably where sammy gets it from yeah and dean gets all of his like i am going to show you i love you by protecting you and you know nurturing you in like a kind of quiet way <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, okay, so they actually meet an old friend of John's, and they, like, talk to him about John before the whole accident shit. And the guy, like, the first thing he says, he's like, oh, John was a stubborn old bastard. Yeah, he was. And he hated to lose. <laughs> and apparently he was a Vietnam Marine. Yeah. Oh, my God. So my roommate's uh, dad used to be a Marine, and she was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I fully believe, I mean, John was probably like that, but I mean- between him and Mary, though. <laughs> I still think somehow yeah. Mary's tougher than him. Sorry. This is my headcanon. I refuse to let go of it. But yeah, they're like, John Winchester? Oh, yeah, stubborn son of a bitch. 
I mean, we're queer. We always want the woman to be the top of the relationship. Yeah, that is not what I meant. <laughs> I just but <saying>. yes. <laughs> oh my god, John went. No, John Winchester doesn't get pegged. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he deserves it though. He probably should, and that he calmed down. Maybe I'm just saying he doesn't deserve it, but he would calm down. Why don't you get pegged? Then maybe you'll calm down a little bit. Maybe you'll calm down. Everyone around you deserves for you to calm down a little bit. So maybe you should yeah. get pegged, but you don't deserve to get pegged by Mary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point, Dean calls his dad. Like, he talks to Sam. He's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. But he's actually calling his dad. And he's like, Dad, we really need you. Please come home. I'm really scared. Yeah. And you know what fucking John fucking does? He's just hiding out at Missouri's house. And Missouri's like, why didn't you talk to your fucking kids? And he's like, well, I wanted to talk to my kids, but I need to find the truth first. Like, shut the fuck up. I hate you so fucking much. And so I watched that and I went to our little group chat and I asked everybody, I'm like, okay. Oh, so that's why you're asking? Yes. Yes. Give me one fucking piece of media where it was for the best, and the dad was 100% in the right, that the dad leaves his kids behind to go follow some fucking journey of his own and just abandons his kids. And somebody was like, full metal alchemist. I'm like, fuck! It is full metal alchemist. Damn it! I haven't, Other than that, though. I haven't seen full metal alchemist. I don't know what the dad did. He's kind of right because... I mean, he's literally like a catalyst for the apocalypse, so he is kind of right for like, I gotta get out of here. Bye, guys. I love you. I'll see you later. But still, like, mm-hmm. and like Ed fucking hates his guts. And it's like, yeah, Ed, you're fucking right yeah. to hate him. And the dad's like, yeah, no, you can go ahead and hate me. Don't worry. I'm not. Don't worry about it too much. See, I don't like. Um, I'm saying that there's a lot of media where like Mm. it's just flavor that the main character has a wife and kids they're never developed and possibly the wife or kids get hurt or something so there's a lot of media where it probably paints it as that's for the best but it's like hey why don't you ever like acknowledge other than to give him man pain that he has a family yeah i'm so exhausted with fictional dads or just fucking talk to your kids. Just have a relationship. Everybody, we have seen, especially in the past few years, we have seen that people really love good dads. You know, everybody likes The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes The Witcher. I think The Witcher has a decent dad, I as far no as idea. I can I don't really know. But people, All Might from My Hero Academia, that's a good fucking dad. That's a good dad. He's not even a dad, but he's still a good dad. Okay, can I just, can I just talk yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. about my favorite dad? From Go for it. Yes, please. Benjamin Sisko from Deep Space Nine. World's best motherfucking dad. I just, I love <laughs> him so much. Because you see him in dad mode, then you see him in commander and cap- later he becomes a captain mode. He's a career start fleet officer, right? And there's like a whole episode where it sounds like, I, I don't want to be a Starfleet officer. And you're just kind of always assume that that's what I wanted. And like, there's a moment where he's a little bit hurt that his son didn't feel like he could tell him that. And then he's immediately just like, well, that's okay. I want you to be whatever you want to be. I'm so proud of you. There was no, yeah. this is your dream, dad, not mine moment, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. he, his dream is just for his son to be happy. 
Oh, God, so good. The dog tweet, Benjamin Sisko. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, this episode, it was just your typical like ghost episode, but it was personal this time, you know? There was this really good quote <laughs> that Missouri said. She like is like walking around the house like, ooh, this place feels gross. And at one point she like turns to the boys. She's like, all those years ago, real evil came to you and walked this house. That kind of evil leaves wounds. And sometimes those wounds get infected. Like that's some Magnus Archives shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> that is some like real good shit. But like, I kind of hate how I don't think that ever like happens again. Like, I don't think there's any places where like, Oh, if demons spent an extended amount of time in this place, it's liable to get malevolent spirits, you know? Like, that's such a cool concept. I know, right? Oh, my God. It's real cool. I love the idea of demons just, or at least the powerful ones, because wasn't he technically like a knight of hell or prince of hell or something? I love the idea that if you're a powerful enough being, you can kind of break the yeah veil around you a little bit like why didn't that happen with angels I don't, oh my god it would have been so cool anyways oh my god you're so, oh that would be so fucking cool just like you can imagine just like just like a demon walking and just like the evil just bursting from his footsteps kind of and then angels like angels like a walking and like flowers coming from their footsteps or something i'm thinking of okami basically oh my god <laughs> that would have been real cool this is i think maybe the first episode where they do hex bags and the brothers don't really seem familiar with it, which is very weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a Buffy moment where it's just like, they just seem to have been fighting all these ghosts through just brute fucking strength. I guess. I mean, at least it's in season one. They're like, oh, we can fight evil in different ways, in more mm-hmm. nonviolent ways. Like, okay, you're only just realizing this. All right, sure. Whatever, weirdos. I mean... Honestly, this whole time, I think it makes sense if they've been doing everything the, like, John Winchester way, especially with Dean's, like, intense dislike of almost anything that's supernatural, that they Mm. really wouldn't be too, like, fond of using anything even a little witchy. And I think Missouri and then probably later Bobby, like, helps, like, hey, here are other things that we could do. There's spells that we can cast and, like hex bags and blah 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 like you know Mm. having to learn that from some other people in the hunter community i think that would make a little bit of sense because i feel like dean probably got his intense dislike of anything and everything that's not human from john i just want them to hang out with more hunters that's what i want for for it to not be a fucking issue like in that fucking uh rigaroo episode where the guy's like well i'm gonna kill this rigaroo because it's just like can't can't hunters just hang out and just chill <laughs> for like two seconds? Can you like calm down? Yeah, they like go to Ellen and Ellen Joan at the Harville's Roadhouse, mm-hmm. and they're like the only ones in the bar. Like the hunters just don't hang out there all the time and just hang out, just chill, just get a fucking brewski and patch up their wounds and share war stories. Like there is an episode in season eleven, I think, where um. They actually ended up going with Jody to a funeral for a hunter up in Canada. And he was well known and well liked in the um, hunter community. So where there were tons of other hunters there. And Oh man, I want to see that. Yeah, they just got to sit around and talk to them and they're like, Oh, you guys are Sam and Dean Winchester, huh? <laughs> and like you I like I wish I wish they kinda got that experience, but I feel like 
there's a reason why they didn't include too many other hunters because it, it probably just Actors would have been expensive. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there was always supposed to be like a very small ma- main cast. I also, I love the idea of them being one of the odd hunters out that isn't really super involved with the hunter community, but they also do the most buck wild shit. Yeah. And so everyone's <laughs> just like these legendary hunters who may or may not be real. <laughs> <laughs> hearing about them we know a few people who are reliable who actually know them they're kind of insane i want to meet them but also i don't want to ever get involved with them you know yeah it's like on one hand it'd be cool to meet them but on the other hand i don't want to fucking touch the, the winchesters with a 10 foot pole because i'm gonna die <laughs> They make my job so much fucking harder. I'm going to strangle them if I see them. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, look, you killed the king of hell. Respect or whatever the fuck. Like, you know, something. <laughs> but also, I'm going to punch you now because how many apocalypses have you started? <laughs> I still, I really want to do a Monster of the Week campaign in the Supernatural Universe and just have Sam and Dean off in the background and just... You just, like, kind of see them, but you're not high enough hunters to, like, go <laughs> talk to them in conversation. It's just like, oh, there they are. Oh, yeah, uh, by the way, they're doing this right now, but you guys just focus on your current hunt. Your current tiny little ghost hunt that feels insignificant compared to everything else, but... <laughs> You know, oh my god, or, I really want to do that next year sometime. Or maybe it's like during one of the seasons where they've super fucked shit up and you're just kind of yeah. dealing with the fallout in a completely different area of the world. Like, Yeah, just like the angels literally fall to earth. <laughs> and fucking, I want to see the hunters fucking deal with that. Oh my god. That would be so really cool. Real. Or like when they let the Leviathans out and like some hunters are like trying to learn how to deal with the shit and being like, I fucking hate the Winchesters. Yeah, there should be more hunters pissed at them. Realistically. Uh, yeah, kind of the last point I have is that, okay, we did mention that Missouri is very stereotypical, unfortunately. There is a really good moment kind of at the end where Sam is just sitting is like, I don't know what's going on. I'm really scared. And Missouri just seems re- like genuinely like, um, I don't know what's happening to you either. I'm mm-hmm. really sorry about this, dude. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I don't have the answers. Just go on your way. Maybe I'll see you again. And then she goes home and she's like, John, I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. Good. Please kick his fucking ass. God, I hate John Winchester so fucking much. <laughs> He's the worst. Fucking nightmare man. God. Okay, trivia. Sam demonstrates the ability to sense paranormal presences to a degree greater than Missouri. He will never display this ability again. (laughs) I really love how that's stated. Um, Oh, this was interesting. So there's a guy, there's a plumber who, as you would expect, he puts his hand in the disposal and it fucking destroys his hand. But apparently, and this is going to, this made me feel better because I have a disposal. This is going to make everybody with a disposal feel better. Garbage disposal units work by using centrifugal force Mm -hmm. to grind food instead of blades. The plumber's hand would likely have not been damaged to the extent portrayed. Interesting. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, my disposal does not have blades. I'm still scared to put my hand in, but now I know I'd be mostly fine. 
maybe a couple scrapes, but other than that, it's good. Okay. I mean, I don't necessarily know if it, it would just be a couple of scrapes, but it's good to know, like, it wouldn't, like, take his whole hand off or whatever the hell. Listen, yeah, I didn't watch that bit. I le- legit, my roommate was sitting beside yeah. me and I was like, I'm going to close my eyes and my ears. Just tell me when it's over. Because I knew oh, what was going to happen. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, that post on Tumblr where Europeans are just like, why the fuck do you guys have disposals? That's terrifying. It's like, no, actually, turns out you're, you'd mostly be fine. <laughs> Might still need to go to the hospital, but you're not going to die from There's it. There's probably going to, there would probably be a lot more injuries if they didn't, like, make them safer. Yeah. Uh, speaking of injuries and deaths, there are no deaths and only one major injury in this episode. It makes it the first episode of the series with no fatalities. Yeah, because it was a young mother and her two small children. If they hurt any yeah. of them, people would have flipped. They don't have the fucking balls to kill some kids. <laughs> and, oh. Uh, as Sam is drawing the tree from his dream at the beginning of the episode, Dean says that there's a fishing trawler found off the coast of Cali. Its crew mm-hmm. vanished. This is possibly a referral to Benny's nest working off the coast of California. Probably <gasps> not. What? But interesting. Mm, that is actually pretty cool. Continuity in Supernatural? Never heard of Never it. Never heard of her. We actually did our Sam Winchester mandatory minute for once. Hooray! I just, I have a lot of feelings about how soft and compassionate he is. But then he immediately goes back to being boring the moment he's not, you know. I know. Connecting oh, with boy. some weirdo, you know? I know. Well, I think we're kind of over the hump and now Sam is like starting to get his character. Yeah. And we're gonna, it's just uphill from here, thankfully. Um, you mean downhill? Uphill and downhill. <laughs> Both ways. Do you have a fanfic AU of the week? I want a baker AU. I want Dean to be able to bake his little pies. He and Sam have a little brother-run bakery. Aw, that's like man pies in Bellingham. Yeah, sure, that. They they have a man pies bakery. That's all I fucking want. (laughs) And Cass is next door running a... uh, library or some shit oh my god sure like every everyone is there everyone's involved um ellen and joe are there with the roadhouse you got (gasps) you got bobby with the junkyard like they're all part of the same small town and they're Mm. all just living normal lives and baking pies (laughs) wait what if bobby is like the upstairs neighbor oh my god over the bakery that'd be very cute that would be cute Cass is a beekeeper and he like gives them the local honey and then you know stuff happens that's cute spicy oh my god (laughs) and i do want crowley to be the like shady lawyer he's like oh my personal injury lawyer who has all those like ads because you know everyone has their own local personal injury lawyer ads yeah that's crowley oh my i was gonna (laughs) say he's like the housing development person he's like i'm gonna (laughs) that's also very good yeah he wants to like take down the whole block and put up a a shitty mall that no one will go to oh my god and oh charlie charlie she works at the local um local game store oh my god listen that's so cute this is this is all i want okay what's your au of the week how about an anime convention meet cute oh my god (laughs) who's meeting you fucking know. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to assume it was going to be a uh, DCL, but like. It always is. Of course it of is. Of course it is. But what would Sam and Dean. Oh, well, well I want to say Mulder and Scully, but. 
<laughs> well, Sam can be uh, Scully. <laughs> Because Dean is like, I want to be bolder. Oh my fucking course. Oh my god. No. I don't think... Listen, he can talk Sam into a lot of stuff. I don't think he'd be able to talk him into that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could probably get him to cosplay something from Lord of the Rings, though. Yeah, I was gonna actually say cast for Lord of the Rings. Oh my god, it all works. Yeah. I mean, they oh could all be playing different... All be cosplaying different characters from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, Dean could be Aragorn and... Well, Kaz, <laughs> I'm like, how do I make this romantic? I mean, you like, don't have to. Well, he could just be cosplaying like another random character. And then it's just like, suddenly you see these two characters, like two people like cosplaying different characters kissing. You're like, that's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> like a Aragorn and Frodo. Okay. Yeah. It's like Gandalf and Aragorn. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I knew a friend who went to like one of there's a rave at soccer con mm-hmm. every year and somebody someone i was used to be friends with went and saw um two kingdom hearts characters like legit having sex <gasps> what during the rave yeah. jesus christ i don't remember what the cosplay was probably sora and riku or something but yeah god have some <laughs> decorum really what the hell i it was back in like 2009 or something god that's yeah, we're like the Yowie paddles are Ugh. all the rage. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> so funny. Jesus Christ. The craziest shit. Oh my god. <laughs> what anime would the brothers be into? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a weeb. I feel like I have an answer. Well, Cowboy Bebop, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dean would yeah. love all that cowboy shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, he'd be way into it. I Sam doesn't like anime. I think they do. No, Dean just likes hentai in canon. Great, thanks. Thanks. I was that. actually talking to um, one of my friends, and she was just like, "Okay, look, I I don't mm. buy that teen is into hentai just because look, he's a little too normal." I fully. <laughs> this is what my friend said, and I, honestly, I fully back it. Sam saw it. I saw that he was watching anime, and it was just normal anime. And you know how how fan servicey anime is, and just assumed it was hentai. <laughs> And I was like, yes, yes, I buy that. Sam doesn't know enough to know that it's not actual porn, and Dean's not gonna oh my correct God. him because this is all embarrassing. Like, oh, you're so right. Like, no, I wasn't watching porn. I was watching, um, oh, ran high school host club. Yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking like a magical girl anime, but that works. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it was Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Oh my God. <laughs> like I wasn't watching hentai. It was Sailor Moon. <laughs> They just flash panties a lot or whatever. I've never seen Sailor Moon. Yeah, they still do. It's annoying. I personally think it's very funny, but also it's just like, I like, look, I buy that he watches like a lot of porn and he's weird. And he actually does canonically watch very Asian fetishistic porn. Yeah. But I don't, I can't buy that he watches hentai. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, I can't, I can't buy it. He's, he's a little bit too normal for that. <laughs> Really quick, back to Sailor Moon. Dean is like watching the one of the final scenes in the entirety of Sailor Moon, and Yusagi herself, she's like naked, mm-hmm. but without like they didn't draw the details, but she's naked and she has wings, and she's like, "I did it! I saved the world!" But all my friends are dead, and she's like sad, and it's really upsetting, and Aww. just all hope is lost for her essentially even though she saved the fucking world but all her friends are dead it's very sad and i just imagine dean is watching that like trying not to cry like i was and sam's like oh what are you watching (laughs) dean's like oh it's just porn oh my god (laughs) anyway this has been how uncomplicated 
I'm Duplis on Tumblr, Duplis27 on Twitter, Duplis everywhere. Bo? Okay, so if you want to find me, you're going to have to perform this very intricate spell. So it requires two and three-fourths cup of flour, one tablespoon of baking soda, a half teaspoon of baking powder, cup of butter, one and a half cups of white sugar, one egg, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, mix it all together, preheat the oven on 375, then, you know, you break it and you put it in the oven in little pieces, bake from eight to 10 minutes. And so while you're getting all that out, while that's calming down, there's one last part of the spell that's very, very important. (laughs) After everything's cooling down, before you eat, you have to do a little dance Make a little love, get down tonight. <laughs> and that's how you summon me. Oh my god. <laughs> god, there's a fucking garbage truck outside my house right now. Thank you. Thank you. Love this. Um, <laughs> you can find us at Hellink Podcast on Twitter, Hellink Complicated on Tumblr and Facebook, uh, Lee Review on Apple Podcasts. And lastly, Misha Collins, please come on the show. I'm going to buy a john winchester cardboard cutout and you and i can just fucking like demolish it together it will be very cathartic for both of us i think and i'll wear a mask don't worry we'll like make it a safe demolishing but it'll be fun <laughs> have a good day everybody and uh carry on my wayward kids I was just like looking around my room like what other fictional dads do I like Greg Universe from Steven Universe top to your dad oh what was the other one I was thinking of shit where was it oh, I just- oh dad from Homestuck oh my god it's because his son abandons him kind of not on purpose just it keeps happening and it's so sad <laughs> oh my god the dad never even says a goddamn thing and you're just like, oh, this is a dad. This is a good dad. This is a good oh, dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 mm. oh, oh. Well, he dies, yeah. but I'm going to submit Gregory Edgeworth. He was so proud of his son. He just constantly talked about how much he loved his son and how proud he was of him and how he's just so <laughs> worried that his son won't be able to make friends. And oh, my God. Yeah. The only good dads are dead dads. Why are the only good dads in media the ones who tragically died when they were like five? (laughs) Disney dad death. (laughs) Oh my god, I love fictional dads so much. (laughs) You are my dad. You're You're my my dad. dad. Boogie, 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 boogie.